0: 89.9. You're tuned in to the HBCU Nation radio show, and I'm your host, Anthony Ray. So glad to have you join the broadcast today. And recently, Representatives Bradley Byrne of Alabama and Congresswoman Alma Adams, Democrat, North Carolina, launched the Bipartisan Congressional HBCU Caucus. The Bipartisan Congressional HBCU Caucus mission is to highlight and address unique challenges that HBCUs face and, and to make sure their needs are heard and recognized on Capitol Hill. Congresswoman Adams was elected to the, her first term representing the 12th Congressional District of North Carolina on November the twelfth, two 2014. And after winning a special election, Congresswoman Adams was sworn in immediately as the 100th woman elected to Congress, the most in U.S. history. Representative Adams sits on the Committee on Education and the Workforce, the Agricultural Committee, the Small Business Committee, and the Joint Economic Committee. She is the ranking member of the Small Business Subcommittee on Oversight. The Congresswoman is the founder of the first-ever Congressional Bipartisan HBCU Caucus and is part of the Women's Caucus, Congressional Progressive Caucus, and the Art Caucus. Congresswoman Adams also holds a leadership role in the Democratic Caucus as vice president for the 114th Congress's freshman class and serves as a regional whip for the Democratic Caucus throughout her career. Representative Adams has promoted quality education for all students, spearheading legislation to boost funds for HBCUs and provide nutritious breakfast in schools while supporting increased pay for teachers. For 40 years, Dr. Adams taught art history at Bennett College. While at Bennett, she led the effort to increase student civic participation, and she, joined the phrase, or she coined the phrase to say, Bennett Bells are voting bells, and organized a yearly March to the Polls. As a former educator, Representative Adams has dedicated her career to improving the lives of young people and her community. Congresswoman Alma Adams, welcome to the show.
1: I'm happy to be able to join you and uh, to talk about a, a very uh, uh, critical topic and one that uh, is, has been on, on my mind for for a very long time now.
0: Uh, We're just blessed to have you. What an honor it is to have you on the show. And thank you so much for taking time out of your very, very busy schedule to join the broadcast today. Congratulations on uh, the recent launch of the bipartisan Congressional HBCU Caucus. Uh, take a moment just to uh, kind of give us the the backstory and all of this. How you came up with that, and gosh, and, and teamed up uh, with Representative uh, uh, Bradley uh, um, from uh, Alabama. Uh, take a moment just to just, uh, just set things up for us and talk about how you uh, came up with the idea and w- what it was like um, putting this all together.
1: Well, thank you um, thank you for your question. Um, you know, I spent, um, as you mentioned in, in um, your introduction, uh, 40 years on the campus of Bennett College in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm a graduate uh, twice of uh, North Carolina A&T State University. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I did my Ph.D. at The Ohio State University. I was able to do that. Uh, to go to Ohio State and do well because of the North Carolina A&T. So I
2: mm-hmm. know
1: the value of our HBCUs and um, how they take students like me from, uh, um, from a, a first-generation college student uh, from the ghetto and to um, uh, give you an opportunity. And that's really what uh, our young people need um, throughout my time. Um, at, at, Bennett and, and uh, having worked with uh, students for these many years, I have learned that, um, access and affordability become, uh, really key for them. Uh, access is one thing and that's a good thing. Uh, but you, um, you also need to be able to afford to go and many of our young people can't afford it. But there are some unique challenges that our schools face. Um, and we have a unique population that oftentimes other colleges and universities uh, will not um, look at these students or take the time to uh, provide what they need. So the, so the caucus was, um, was organized uh, with those schools in mind uh, to create a national dialogue um, around not only what they have done historically, but what they're doing now um, to educate our Congress and our staff uh, here in, in Washington about um, the unique challenges that these schools have um, and how valuable they are to not only the economy and the communities that they serve, uh, but also to um, then create a dialogue within the uh, the group. And we have over 50 members now
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, to um, try to create some bipartisan legislation uh, that will help these schools uh, and the students who attend them. Um, congressman Bradley Byrne, um, congressman from Alabama, is a former community college president. He understands education. Uh, so I thought he was a very um, – uh, he was someone that, that I thought would be uh, very helpful to us. And clearly he, he has some HBCUs mm-hmm. in his district. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Carolina has more HBCUs than any state. Right. And um, so that was a pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good collaboration. And so we've uh, worked to try to um, uh, begin this whole process of educating uh, not only our colleagues, but bringing other people to the table.
0: Well, we just want to really applaud you, uh, Representative Adams and Representative uh, Byrne, uh, for your leadership and your vision. To create a bipartisan congressional coalition to support HBCUs. That is so awesome. A lot of buzz out there at the when I first got the news. I was just so excited. Of course, I'm excited even now, and others are also. This is just awesome. A bipartisan HBCU caucus. So uh having said that. What is it like now? I mean, mean, give give, give us an idea of what's what's on the agenda, uh, what you guys have uh, uh, planned as you move towards to create this national dialogue and and also in terms of educating other members of Congress and their staffs about the issues that are impacting HBCUs.
1: Um, That we have already done. uh, we've hosted some roundtables. I've, I've had one in my district
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, with um, presidents and representatives from, from the um, schools. Uh, we brought the um, uh, Secretary of Education in to also have dialogue um, with these colleges uh, and universities. Uh, we hosted a diversity and workforce event um, here on Capitol Hill with Fortune 500 companies to discuss the roles that HBCU plays, uh, HBCU's play in, in, in um, graduating um, and uh, the skilled, um, diverse workforce, um, and um, they they actually brought us information to sort of update us on kinds of things that they that they're doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we are looking to, uh, we're also surveying uh, members of, of Congress to find out what their priorities are, uh, working along with the with the Congressional Black Caucus that has. Uh, also a niche within, um, uh, within the caucus, uh, also addressing issues um, uh, that these students face. And there are some commonalities. Um, uh, Pell grants, for example. Financial aid, as I mentioned before, becomes really key. Uh, in order for the students to really do well, they need that support. A large number of, of students who attend HBCUs are first-generation power students. Um, eighty-five, ninety percent of them on their campuses receive some financial aid. Mm-hmm. I know, of course, my background's in art, uh, but we can all count, and right. we need we need the support of uh, Democrats and Republicans in this process, especially um, if uh, when we get to um, legislation that we might need to to have passed. And so, bringing people to the table on the front end. Uh, to me, makes a lot of sense uh, to make sure that they understand. You know, I found that people sometimes uh, don't do what we need to do because we're just not, we, we just don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. And so,
1: education becomes key. Um, just last week here in the Congress, the um, uh, the Morel Act. Uh, the the, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the the 1890 school right. celebrated um, 125 years of the Morrill Act, mm-hmm. and so um, the, uh, the the those colleges and universities came to Congress to testify mm-hmm. to the before the um, Agriculture Committee. I'm on that committee,
2: right.
1: so we were able to uh, hear firsthand. Uh, from um, the leadership at these schools Mm -hmm. to share with the Congress not only uh, about uh, what they're doing, but their plans for the future and so forth. A lot of folks just don't know. And so this uh, caucus um, is really going to uh, try to make sure we put a lot of time in educating uh, our various publics so that when it comes down to um, like I said, legislation and that kind of thing, that we'll have, we'll have the support that we need. But more than that, we will have educated people uh, so that they can gain a greater appreciation for what's going on in their communities. Um, we want everyone to know uh, about how great our institutions are,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, even if they don't have them in their districts. Um, when you think about it, students uh, go to school and they come from all parts of the country. Of, of the country.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they may, they, there may be students from communities that don't have uh, HBCUs, but who have matriculated to HBCUs. So mm-hmm. there's an investment here, um, I think, that everyone uh, has in this whole process. So, you know, again, whether your child's attending one, um, or whether you have them in your district or not, students are being served from all over the country uh, at these, uh, the empty
0: school. If you're just joining us, you're tuned in to the HBCU Nation radio show. And I'm your host, Anthony Ray. It's great to have you join the broadcast today. And we're blessed to have with us today, joining us for this segment, Congresswoman Alma S. Adams. She serves the 12th Congressional District of North Carolina. And today we're talking about uh, the news of her launch of the bipartisan HBCU caucus with our co-chair representative Bradley Byrne. Again, Congresswoman Adams, welcome to the show thank you so much uh, this is so exciting again because the members of Congress who are members of the caucus will work to create a national dialogue educating other members of Congress and their staffs about the issues impacting HBCUs you are a two-time HBCU uh, graduate um, you are a former HBCU educator uh, want to applaud you on your effort and, and your work uh, in, in creating uh, the HBCU uh, bipartisan um, Congressional caucus and the work that you have done. Uh, You and uh, Representative uh, Bradley Byrne uh, out of of Alabama, both of you are actually uh, uh, educators, and that's just awesome. Let me talk real quick and ask you this uh, question about uh, what. Kind of bipartisan uh, legislation uh, might we see uh, come forth that you all may draft uh, that may uh, address the needs of HBCUs and in support of the students and uh, and all.
1: Well, let me, let me first of all say that I, I think one of the biggest issues that confronts students, and certainly confronted me when I was a student,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, is being able to afford. Florida, that's right,
2: exactly. And sure. y- y- you
1: know, I mean that that is really that's key. Again, right. you can you can have the access but if you don't have a check. Yeah, you, you, you might not get there. That's right. So some of the the, the federal funding um, initiatives that. Uh, that we see here in the Congress I think are things that one, a couple of the things we want to focus on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's been a lot of talk about Pell Grant. right? Now, while well, I think the, there's been some increase in terms of the. The funding uh, for Pell, mm-hmm. but there's been a decrease in the sense that students do not have Pell grants available now in the summer. In
0: the summer, yeah, now, right. And
1: and 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 they go to school year round. That's right. That's and right. So that means that they need support
2: mm-hmm. year round.
1: So right. And it, and it doesn't matter. Even, and this is going to help students who attend HBCUs, this is going to help students who attend other colleges as well. Right. um, If they are Pell recipients and that kind of thing. So that's going to be um, one of the things uh, that that, um, we want to seriously look at. Um, I think we also want to, there are other forms of uh, financial aid that, um, students are taking advantage of parent plus loans. I mean, I, personally, sure. right. I think when um, when students are penalized for what their parents do, that's not a plus; that's a minor. Mm. Mm. I and, hear you. And you know, I think we <laughs> we need we need to correct that. We sure. need to take a look at that. At some point in time, right? Uh, you know, our credit was not always perfect. Mine right. certainly has not been. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that that you know, was an
0: incredible some, impact. Yeah, well, when it changed the criteria, absolutely. yeah, we
1: lost hundreds yes. of students. Yes, yes. E- even in North Carolina, sure. at any one sure. or two schools, we right. lost thousands yes. of students. Sure. Uh, and so they can't make that up. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to look at the fact that sometimes
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, at HBCU, mm-hmm. we have students who come to these schools who are not fully prepared academically, right. mm-hmm. who need the uh, tutorial services and the resources. I certainly needed them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so those are things that would, so that's when, when I talk about uniquenesses, those are uniquenesses, but those things uh, should not be used uh, to keep a student from, um, from going to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to give them an opportunity. You give them an opportunity they'll show you what they can do. And mm-hmm. so those are some of the things that we'll be look, looking at that we, um, that I think that we can accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I still think we need to look at what's going on with these with the interest rates. Right. Um, right. That That's another thing I think we need to reevaluate and uh, we'll be looking at those things as well.
0: It's just great news. A lot of buzz out there. Again, uh, major kudos to you on your efforts uh, to, create this uh, uh, idea of forming a bipartisan HBCU caucus. Understand, when you first launched, you had 30, 37 members. Now it's up to 50 members of Congress who are a part of this caucus. That is so awesome. A, a bipartisan congressional HBCU caucus. Who would have ever thought? <laughs> okay uh, and, uh, well, well. You know, Really, this is just incredible news, Congresswoman.
1: Well, you know, I think it's, it's absolutely necessary that in this Congress mm-hmm. and maybe if we had been working together for uh, as many years as the Congress has been uh, developed, then right. maybe we, just gotten more, we, could, we could get more done.
2: Mm-hmm. But it,
1: it's, it's really going to be important. I mean, you know, you count the numbers. Right. Um it, it's not going to be Democrats. It's not going to be Republicans. Right. It's going to be us together. That's right. Uh, trying to make sure that we do what's necessary for, for these uh, young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they deserve an opportunity. Uh, and I think that, um, again, if we if we can get people educated, uh, then we're going to see a better result in terms of, of their contributing. Uh, to our economy, and that kind of thing. We don't need young people leaving school with an astronomical amount of debt. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're having to move back in with their parents. They're not contributing to the workforce, and they've got a lifetime of debt that they're paying off. We need to correct that. Um, You know, if we can bail out Wall Street, we can Mm. bail out these students.
2: That's right.
1: And I just think that we need to be a little more Sensitive and compassionate as, as it relates to them.
0: Awesome, Congress. But you know what? I just mm-hmm. wanted
1: to mention. Also, yeah, I wanted to mention that we have two. Uh, I have two um, uh, Democrat vice chairs. Yes. And two Republican vice chairs as mm-hmm. well. So wow. you know we you know we're trying to. Uh, get on the same page uh, because this is uh, this is really a, a critical need.
0: Mm hmm. Now, stand saying that, uh, you know, uh, Democratic uh, vice chairs is Congressman Benny Thompson, Democrat, Mississippi, and Congresswoman Terry Sewell, Democrat, of Alabama. They're mm-hmm. vice chairs. Now, now, who are the Republican vice chairs?
1: Oh, uh, let me see. I'm trying to think who are our Republican vice chairs. Mm hmm. Well, the most important uh, point is that you have chair. two. Okay. Westmoreland. Right. Representative Westmoreland. Mm-hmm and uh, Representative Forbes. Mm-hmm. That is
0: just awesome. Again, uh, congrats to you and all that you uh, are doing there up on the Hill. Appreciate that. And uh, hopefully that uh, when you guys are recess and you come back home, might get a chance to have a cup of coffee with you. Because I'm, Great, I'm though, right down here, do I'm, I'm, I'm down here in North Carolina. I'm here down Elizabeth City State University. And so, okay. yeah, so we could we'll, we'll figure Fine something school. out. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yes. Well, let's plan on doing well, that. Well, let's do that.
0: Yeah. We'll do that. that. That'd be an incredible uh, honor and privilege for me. Congresswoman Alma Adams of the 12th <laughs> District, of North Carolina. Uh, she's the founder of the first ever congressional bipartisan HBCU caucus. Thanks so much for joining the broadcast today and thanks for all that you do.
1: And thank you for uh, being a, not only a great resource, but um, uh, for reaching out and, and educating the community. We appreciate that very much.